My name's Tom and welcome to my race chinwag. For every single Formula One race this year, pre and post race, we'll be talking all about it live on YouTube, but this is the audio only version just for your nice, cute little ears. Give us a like, five star, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, and let's crack on. Welcome to the stream, the race chinwag. There is no race. It's been like two and a bit weeks since I've been live. We're going live early as well. Look at look at me. Look at me. A minute and a half early. What a treat. Thank you all for coming. Let's roll that intro. And let's have a catch up. Guys, a lot's gone on since we last went live. Post-race Belgium was the last stream. Um, we've done the live show, uh, which maybe some of you in the chat were there. Uh, went really well. Super happy with that. And... To be fair, it's been a pretty quiet break, hasn't it? Compared to last year, anyway, you had Vettel retiring, then Alonso moving, then the Piastri stuff. We were eating good last year uh, in terms of this summer break. Not so much this year, but there is enough to talk about. Don't you worry. Halita, Ewan, Carlos, Henry, Eva, Lysander, good to see you, mate. Aylan, Jaron, Cece, Kleiner, Yankee, Inequity, Liam, Molly, Apple Juice, Henry, Beardman. Breadman, sorry, Breadman, Oscar, Matt, my account died, I'm glad you got it back, James, Thomas, uh, TJ, Matthew, Mr, Joseph, Kaluga, Angel, Angel, uh, Jack, Unfunny Memes, Brianique, uh, Riffle, Austin, Rick, thank you all for coming, thank you all for taking your time to join me, do you want to see Minton? You've had like over two weeks of no Minton, so he's just, he's just down it. Just give me a sec. Right, Minton, come on. Come on. Sorry to all you audio-only listeners, um, but here he is, having a kip as per. Um, say hello to your drawing fans, Minton. Woof, indeed. Um, how are you, mate? How have you enjoyed the summer break? Have you enjoyed the summer break? He doesn't give a toss, does he? <laughs> baby Minton indeed even though he's he's going to be five in October he's going to be five he's got his little grey beard coming along you can just see under his, his bottom lip you get in there mate he looks very relaxed doesn't he right alright back to bed you go then mate daddy's got work to do <laughs> thank you Unlimited Gaming for the fiver as well I'm solely confused about what this is about I've been living under a rock lady oh well you are the exact kind of person that this stream is looking to educate on what's going on at the moment. Because as much as there's not been many stories, there's not been lots of crazy news, there's been two actually. The one that's in the title of this video, in the thumbnail, but there's also another bit of news that I want to talk about afterwards, which I find super interesting. So, let's first of all, first of all, we've got to promote, obviously, the audio only. Okay, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I will be uploading this after. Um, to, to just ears so if you just want to listen don't want to look at me don't want to see Minton right if you don't like dogs that each their own right I mean what's wrong with you but each their own so you can just listen in right let's talk and I've made notes for this one as well because I think it's important that I get all the information we have correct so I, I spent a good hour and a half before we went live on both of my little the stories we're going to be talking about today um making notes because I'm a very professional streamer me so let's talk about Felipe Massa and the legal action he is taking damn 
And thank you, Ron Weasley, for the fiver. First ever super chat. Big up. Appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, Felipe, Felipe, Felipe. So, lawyers on behalf of Felipe are seeking compensation. Compensation um, from the F1, from the FIA and F1 for the 2008 title that he lost. Right? Felipe, baby, stay cool. We heard about this first back in April. Um, of this year about potential legal um, challenges happening um, because of comments that were made in March by Bernie Eccleston. We'll get into them in a minute. Um, but yeah, it's all kind of it's all kind of gone off. Um, let me read the the quote, the statement from Felipe's lawyers regarding this. So, according to them. He is a victim of a conspiracy committed by individuals at the highest level of F1 together with the FIA and Formula 1 management. Simply put, Mr. Massa is the rightful 2008 drivers champion and F1 and the FIA deliberately ignored the misconduct that cheated him out of that title. Mr. Massa is unable to fully quantify his losses at this stage, but estimates that they are likely to exceed tens of millions of euros. This amount does not cover the serious moral and reputational losses suffered by Mr. Massa. It's a strong statement, isn't it? It's a strong, strong statement. <laughs> Minton's old enough to start karting. Thank you on limited gaming. I'm the one who gets to kart, not him. Right? Dad wants to kart, not the son. Um, yeah, so that is the that is the statement from Felipe's lawyers. And again, Bernie opened his mouth in March, um, March of this year. And again, this it was kind of rumored that Felipe was going to proceed something in April. Um, so just after. So basically, in March, um, Felipe not Felipe, sorry, Bernie said that him and Max Mosley, who were president of the FIA at the time in 2008 knew that that 2008 crash was deliberate that's that's kind of what this is all based off of that there was knowledge within that 2008 season of the crash being deliberate because before bernie said that the the consensus was it was only found out after nelson pk jr came out if he got dropped by renault and he came out and then blew the whistle basically but but this is saying that actually no the, the senior, most senior personnel at F1 and the FIA knew of this, knew, knew it was a deliberate crash. Why is it always Bernie? <sighs> Look, I mean, Bernie's now saying that he doesn't remember giving this interview, which is, I mean, he's 92, to be fair to him. Um, but, but he's also, uh, he's full of isn't he, Bernie? So, I, I mean... Oh, I don't remember giving it. The thing is, you can't get away with that in this day and age, Bernie. Maybe in the 70s, right? When there weren't cameras knocking about all over the place. Like, before the 70s, to be fair. Everything's like, everything's got receipts these days. So, for him to say, oh, I don't remember. I mean. And that's basically what the crux of, of, of this is based on. Now, of course, it's going to be very difficult to, to prove any of this because, A, again, Bernie is about as reliable as Fernando's Alpine last year. And more importantly, both Max Mosley, again, ex-president of the FIA, and Charlie Watting, who race director has been race director for years, two of the parties that Bernie basically said, you know, was aware of, of this, they are no longer with us. 
Um, so I, they've literally just got Bernie to go on, and he's saying he doesn't remember. So it's like Bernie talking himself into into trouble again, even still having some kind of influence in this sport long after he's um, moved on, which is pretty crazy. Thank you, Ian, by the way, for the five uh, euros. I really enjoyed the last show, especially talking talking up on stage for Stappen domination. Thank you very much for coming, pal. Appreciate it. Um, it went well, the live show. It went very well. But this legal challenge, do I think that's going to go well? I, I'm not convinced. And look, right. Do I understand where Felipe is coming from in terms of he feels like it's not fair? He was interviewed, I think it was back in April. I saw a clip earlier um, talking to Sky Sports and he feels like it's not fair because... You know, in his mind, if the knowledge of, of this, uh, which has been, you know, proven and, and admitted to that there was, you know, the accident, the Renault accident, Nelson Piquet Jr. at the Singapore Grand Prix, it was on purpose in order for Fernando to early pit stop and then jump everyone and get the win. Um, is it like, I understand he's, he's like upset about this. Of course, of course, right? I completely get it. I completely get it. Again, that's for anyone who doesn't know exactly kind of what happened. So Singapore 2008, right? It was lap 14 where the incident happened. Massa had put it on pole. It stayed ahead of Lewis. Lewis was P2, Massa P1. Get up to lap 14. And, well, uh, Fernando, I think, pitted on lap like 11, 12, maybe. Um, so he was the first to come into the pits. And Crashgate was 2008. Um... And basically, Nelson Piquet Jr. dropped it. Again, it was, oh, oh whoops. And then everyone else has to pit because safety car. Um, Fernando's already pitted. So then he benefits and, 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 and jumps up. Um, if things had stayed the way that they were, if this crash hadn't happened... And Felipe had gone on to win the race and he was leading the race and Lewis was P2. If things had stayed the same, then Felipe would have got 10 points. Lewis would have got eight, which is plus two to Felipe. What actually happened is that Felipe finished completely out of the points. And we'll get on to why. Lewis finished P3. So Lewis got six points. And again, the championship was decided by one point, And that is a significant swing. All right. So instead of Lewis gaining six points, if it stayed the same, Massa would have gained two points. Title decided by one. So that is the, the basis. If this crash gate hadn't have happened, then it would have been a normal race and Massa would have stayed in the lead and, and won, the, won the... Or even if he'd fallen behind Lewis, the fact that it was a six-point swing in real life and Lewis only won the title by one point, it was, it was big, right? It was significant. But you could also argue that because of this illegal PK crash, done it on purpose, blah, blah, blah. There's a couple of ways of arguing that you can argue, all right, do you disqualify uh, Fernando? Because he was the other Renault and obviously PK's already out of the race. Do you disqualify Fernando? Do you void the entire result of the race as well? Because they do make a difference, right? Because if you just... If you just disqualified Fernando Alonso from that race, the other Renault, the, the one who benefited from all of this, then Lewis actually gets eight points instead of six. And Felipe still doesn't get any points. And Lewis wins the title. If you're going to use that, you know, 
theoretical. Then Lewis actually wins the title by three points. If you chalk, chalk off the entire result, so bin it all off, then obviously no one gets points. Lewis doesn't get that plus six relative to Massa that he did get in real life. And then Massa, again, by that theory of, of like just looking at it apples to apples, then Massa wins the title. Problem with that is like, well, look, Nico Rosberg got P2. That was his first podium in Formula 1, I believe. Um, if you disqualify Alonso, Rosberg gets his first win and podium in Formula 1. Which is... So, so do, do, would Rosberg deserve to lose that? It, you know what? That, this is where it starts to get a bit messy. Because the reason Felipe got zero points in all of these different... Whether it's Fernando getting you know disqualified um, or not. The reason Felipe gets zero points is because Ferrari, in classic Ferrari fashion, up. Of course they do. Of course they do. So... The reason, that obviously, Pico Jr. crashes, safety car comes out, Massa comes into the pits, and they're refueling, because he's back in the refueling days, and Massa drives out with the hose still attached. So they have to stop him, pull him back in, and loses tons of time, falls right to the back. Felipe did also spin out as well, um, trying to recover through the field. He had a spin at turn 18. Um, he was way out of the points, wasn't anywhere near in the end, it was like 14th, 15th, whatever it was. Um, and that's where I think that it's a different conversation, right? Potentially. Potentially it's a different conversation if Ferrari don't make that mistake. Because if Ferrari don't make that mistake, even with everything that happened, if Ferrari don't make that mistake and everything goes as planned, then Massa probably gets a podium. And again, based off of all of these numbers, even if Massa finishes behind Lewis and Lewis gets maybe P2, because again, this is the 10 points for a win day as well. So 10 for a win, 8 for P2, 6 for P3. Not the 25, 18, 15 split that we have now. You know, if, if Ferrari don't mess up the pit stop, then, and even if Massa finishes behind Hamilton, maybe if, even if he finishes two places behind Hamilton, if Hamilton finishes, say, second, Rosberg gets the win... Um, Massa finishes fourth or whatever that's still enough because it was a six point swing that helped Lewis win the title by one point or if it's only a four point swing then Massa wins the title by one point that's where that gives even it, it's it's one that we'll, we'll get into the, the precedent that this sets right if anything was to come of this but when you add that context on top of it as well it's like come on Come on, Felipe. Felipe, baby. Stay cool, man. This is not cool. Well, I'm, thank you for the 499. Give 08 to Massa. Okay, then give 89 to Senna, 90 to Prost, 94 to Hill, 97 to Sh Schumacher, 21 to Lewis. Where does it end? Look, they, they talk about when, when legal, legal precedents. We hear this all the time whenever there's, I don't know, like, remember the whole H3H3 um when they were being sued for, you know, transformative content, blah, blah, blah. And they won that. And, and there was all this talk about legal precedent that set. Sorry if you don't acknowledge that um, that reference. But there is a, is a difficult preference. Because the thing is as well, right? 
again, this wasn't this wasn't the final race of the season. There was a good chunk of the season still to go. You know, did 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 the accident guarantee anything? No. Like the thing is, you can always say you can always say that if this transgression doesn't happen, because because Felipe ultimately wants the the whole race to be chalked off. That that's that's what would get him the title, the title that he deserves, according to his. Um, which look, you can argue over the course of the season, Felipe deserved that title just as much as Lewis, and it came down to the final lap of the final race. Like that was an incredible battle, you know. Um. I don't know. I, I, I just think that this is it's not going to achieve anything as far as I'm concerned. It's not going to achieve anything. That crash didn't guarantee anything. You know, would... All right, if, if this accident doesn't happen, do Ferrari... Okay, so it's a normal race. PK Jr. doesn't crash. Cracks on. Then when Massa has his pit stop, well, what if, what if they just had the same pit stop issue then? Like, you can't, you can't possibly say that that is the that without that Felipe would have won the title you you can't say that you can't you can't say that you you, you cannot like there there's races to go there's it's just it just seems like it just seems like a fool's errand to me you know maybe he gets a puncture in the last lap it, it it's not it's not clear cut. And the thing is as well, right? You can go back to and, and exactly what Will I am said in the super chat, right? You you can you can break it down even even tighter than that. And thank you, Mikhail Senna, for, by the way, for the five dollars. I really respect you don't swear on it. It's PG. I can watch it around my nieces and nephews. All my conservative parents, you're a classy gent. Thank you very much. I try and keep it clear. On my Twitch, it's much less clean. Um I've been playing a lot of F1 manager and I enjoy it, but it does frustrate me at times. But I keep it nice and PG on it. I don't need to swear. There's more. There's more to my lexicon than naughty words. Okay, but thank you, Mikhail. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So you say okay, ninety. Um, you know all these different instances of titles, whether it's eighty nine, you know, Senna Prost, ninety Senna Prost, like ninety four Hill, whatever. You say all that. What about okay? What about? Does anyone remember Spa two thousand eight? Spa two thousand eight, right? Let me, let me give you a little reminder of what happened in Spa in 2008, okay? The same season that this all went down. And this time, it's Lewis Hamilton on the receiving end of what I, and I think many people would deem, a very unfair punishment, okay? So if we're going to talk about how the sport... Because this is all about how, like, the senior FIA didn't make the decision that Felipe believes was the right decision. Well, Lewis's incident, it's an on-track thing, but it's the personnel the, the rule makers making a decision that the driver doesn't believe is the right decision so 2008 spa set the scene so you've got Raikkonen Hamilton taking off in front so Raikkonen in the Ferrari ahead of Hamilton in his Mercedes lap 42 of 44 uh, rain starting to come down they're on their slick groove tires and Hamilton is all over the back of Raikkonen coming up to the final chicane before then start finish line the source and Lewis Tries to make a move on Raikkonen. He kind of outbreaks himself a bit on the wet stuff. He kind of cuts the corner. Um, so then he's a briefly ahead of Raikkonen. Hamilton then slows down. Allows Raikkonen back through. Then Hamilton gets back in the slipstream. And then sends it up the inside of Raikkonen. Into La Source. And gets the move done. Goes ahead. Now. 
You can watch that back. Feel free to watch that back in your own time, right? And you can have issue with, oh, maybe Hamilton gained, yeah, but he gained from cutting the corner, so he was closer to Raikkonen, so then he could make the move into the source. Maybe, maybe, okay. I've not got a strong opinion on whether that is legal or not. I think it's, it's. I get the argument e either way, right? What I do have an issue with is the fact that McLaren, once Lewis made that move, then got Charlie Whiting on the blower and was like, Charlie, is that legal? And he was like, yes. You speak to the race director and he's like, yeah, it's all good, fine, crack on. When you've got a rule maker and as senior as Charlie Whiting, I know he's not a, I know he's not a steward, he was never a steward, race director, but if you're asking and Charlie is not saying, let's go to the stewards and he's saying, yes, that's fine, that's it, that's it, it's fine, it's fine. Because he's the race director for crying out loud, right? So then Lewis carries on, Lewis is ahead, um, there's a few little, like Raikkonen ends up crashing out of the race before the end because the rain's coming down at the end, classic spa. Um, Lewis wins the race by 14 seconds. But then post-race, ahead of Massa, by the way, ahead of Massa, Massa P2. But then post-race, Hamilton is given a 25-second penalty, which drops him down to P3. So he only gets six points from the race. Massa gets 10. Whereas it should have been, as far as I'm concerned, Hamilton with 10 points and Massa with eight. So if Massa was to win this legal battle, right, and get this race overturned, then, well, why, why can't, well, Lewis would just, could just do that for this result. And then again, it's like, what's the knock-on effect of, of that? Because you've got a, in real life, it was a four-point swing in favour of Massa, whereas in this instance, the result that I think should have been, it should have been a two-point swing in favour of Lewis, which is six points, which is the same number of points that in real life was the swing between, you know what I mean? And then it's like they're level one points, and this is just why it just becomes ridiculous. Because ultimately, you can, you can argue, if you're going to go, and I get it, right? It's, it's cheating. Renault cheated, for sure. They cheated. And I understand Felipe's issue, but ultimately, whether or what, whatever the intent is, you you're disagreeing with how the sport is being managed and what decisions are being taken by the rulemakers. And whether that's to punish someone cheating or to punish a cut in the corner and then gaining an advantage and making an overtake and then not telling the driver and not telling the team, you know. <sighs> so yeah, I mean, look. It just, the box of worms that it opens, can of worms, sorry, box of worms, box of worms, the box of worms that opens, it just, and yes, it's 15 years ago, and does that, does that, should that fundamentally matter? I mean, I mean, no, but based off of, you know, Bernie saying something, this 92-year-old man who just, just says stuff all the time and chats a load of nonsense, and then Wyatt and Mosley are no longer with us anyway, it's like, and also, like, I do wonder, you know, Bernie being saying that Mosley and, and him and Whiting knew in 2008. Well, there's a difference between knowing and there's a different, and like believing, thinking, um, having reason to believe. Now, we don't know. We, we don't know what exactly went on. We will never know. But it's just, it's a big box of worms, isn't it? It's a big box of worms. Thank you, Suyan, for the uh, two R. I don't know what the R is. R, R with a dollar. Um, but I appreciate that. Thank you very much. 
any other thoughts in chat? Any other thoughts? Um, how do we think this is going to go? Actually, let's do it. Let's do a poll. It's been a while since we've done a poll. Will Will Felipe be successful in his appeal? Um, yes or no? Simple. Because the thing is, as well, Felipe. Well, essentially, again, if I go back to the the, the quote, uh, let me find it. So. Simply put, Mr. Massa is the rightful 2008 Drivers' Champion and the FIA, F1, FIA and F1 deliberately ignored the misconduct and cheated him out of that title. That, that cheated him out of that title. Um, Felipe, it doesn't seem that he's asking for the 2008 title. But, obviously, if they do give him the tens of millions and he does win this case, then, I mean, what essentially that says is that the FIA and F1, like, like it means the title is Felipe's, you know? As much as it's money and as much as they've not out and out said, you know, we want the title to be awarded to Felipe instead of Lewis Hamilton. I just feel like, well, it, yeah, but if you're going to award it to Felipe and this is based off this and like this is what they're asking, then this is what they're saying, that like he's the rightful champion and then he wins... You are essentially giving the title to to Massa, you know. What we're saying, eleven percent of you are saying yes, which is actually actually um, more than I thought. Um, Eighty nine percent of you are saying no. Go on, get get your thoughts in in there. I know about half of you watching have not voted in the poll, so get voting. Go on, and uh, like the stream while you're at it, please. Thank you, thank you for liking the stream. I appreciate that. Um, will I am again? Thank you. Massa gets nothing and likes. <laughs> Look, I, I do, I, I do feel for Felipe. I, I do, I do. I, I think as well, given you know, it was what the year later. Obviously, he had his accident um, with the spring, which almost cost him his life. And you know, I, I think the that that was his shot. That was his big shot. Two thousand eight. You know, where he where he was. You know, we talk about how good Raikkonen was, and I think you know this was. 2007 was was great from Kimi, but I think you know we never got the McLaren Kimi back. I think in the Ferrari days, I mean in 2007 you can definitely argue that a big well, I mean a big part of why Kimi won that title was because Fernando and Lewis just kept fighting each other. If McLaren had picked a clear number one two dynamic, or if they'd have not, if, if McLaren had not signed Hamilton and signed like a Kovalainen, then Alonso wins that 2000 title, 2007 title easy. But in the end of the day, neither of them won it. Um, but Felipe, you know. He, he, this is how he's kind of remembered, and and I, it is a shame, you know, to to lose that Interlagos as well, man. To lose that title, Interlagos of all places, his home Grand Prix. I I, I do feel for him, and and I get why he'd be frustrated, and I'm sure if this, you know, any driver would feel the same when you know there's been cheating going on, and that has had an impact and potentially robbed you of your world title. Again, it's potentially. It, there's no guarantees of anything. If this doesn't happen, Ferrari could still mess up the pit stop, same as they did before. So, you know, eighty-eight percent of you are saying no. This six, this this he will not be successful in his appeal, and I'm very inclined to agree. Because again, not only does it set a mad precedent, but it's just not clear cut. It's not clear cut. It's really not. Thank you again, Willan. <laughs> Thank you again. Very generous. 
Um, but there you go. Right, that's enough anyway about Felipe Massa and Ferrari. How long? We, oh, we've got about half hour. This is good. This is good. We, we, we're doing good on timings, people. I feel like I've, I've covered my thoughts and opinions on this well. I also want to talk about Mr. Alex Palou. Now, you might have missed this one if you don't follow the IndyCar particularly. And obviously, Alex Palou is a driver I've talked about loads. Um, there's a driver I think deserves an opportunity in F1. He is walking the IndyCar title this year. <sighs> there's been some there's been some cheeky goings on. And I'm sure, I'm sure when this all kind of broke, this news, I'm sure Otmar Safnauer was like, oh yes. I bet he was loving it. Like, he's obviously doing his gardening leave, right? He's being paid for a year to do nothing, sitting in his garden in Oxford. And he was like, oh, pour me a stiff one. That means a... That means a alcoholic drink, by the way, a stiff one. But I get that it sounds sus, um, like a whiskey or something, right? I reckon. I reckon Otmar enjoyed enjoyed reading this and and hearing this news. Um, so Alex has been killing it with Chip Ganassi, right? So he's comfortably going to win the championship this year for sure. Uh, he won it with them in twenty twenty one as well. Fifth last year, which is not a bad result at all. So, you know, two titles in three seasons, P5 in that middle season. He's won what? He won four out of five races this year in like in, in a block. Um, he's got a P2 and he's got three P3s as well. That level of consistency in IndyCar is very difficult to replicate. Yeah, sorry. I, I, get, I get that's quite a British saying, I guess. Um, but I'm just teaching you, you know. If someone says, pour me a stiff one, then you, you know what you're getting. Probably. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so it's this is a weird one, right? This has gone various ways. If you think the Oscar Piastri scandal was a bit weird. I mean, this, I would, this is weirder than the Piastri one. What made the Piastri one so good is his tweet. The tweet made it iconic. But actually, I think this Polo um, scandal... This contract issue with Polo is like is even crazier. So, again, this is why I've had to do my notes beforehand to make sure I'm getting all this right. Um, <laughs> it's not a swear, Benny. It's not a swear. So he signed with McLaren in summer 2022. So then Chip Ganassi, who he was driving for in 2022, this season where he finished fifth, then filed a lawsuit against Polo. So he upset Ganassi, right? All right, he annoyed Ganassi. Then, the way it all worked out, and again, we don't know the detailed legal proceedings, is that Polo would stay with Ganassi for 2023, which is has worked out a treat for him. And But also, McLaren would get his services, and you can see in the picture here, him in McLaren overalls, well, polo and hat, um, that he would be able to work with McLaren. Um, he did FP1 in Austin last year, got like 21 laps on the board, and he's a big part of their... This is a terrible name, by the way. McLaren have their Testing Previous Cars program, their TPC program. Like, yeah, okay, it's very literal in what it is. They are literally testing previous cars. He's done it in Hungaroring, uh, Red Bull Ring, and Catalonia as well. Uh, but it's an awful name. It's, a, it's an awful name for the uh, for the system, but whatever, whatever. Um, and then Polo was set to join McLaren's IndyCar team in 2024. So that, that was the idea. That was that was the idea that Chip Ganassi get in for 2023, but he does somewhat get into bed with McLaren um, with the F1 side of things 
And then 2024, he becomes a McLaren IndyCar driver. Okay. Appreciate it, Joe. Welcome. But then Zach Brown, well, last week or whenever it was, drops this bomb, right? Quote, I'm extremely disappointed that Alex Polo does not intend to honour his contractual obligations to race with us in IndyCar in 2024 and beyond. This is incredibly disappointing considering the commitment he had made to us both directly and publicly and our significant investment in him based on that commitment, the time, money and resources preparing to welcome Alex into our team because we believed in him and we're looking forward to IndyCar wins with him. So then, Otmar Safnau dropped this bomb. I'm extremely disappointed that Oscar Piastri does not intend to honor his contractual obligation with us to race in Williams, technically, in 2023. And beyond, this is incredibly disappointing considering the commitment he has made to us both directly and publicly and our significant investment in him based on that commitment, the time, money, and resources prepared to welcome Oscar into our team because we believed in him and we're looking forward to F1 wins with him in the future. When he was out you know what I mean? Like it's it's very similar, isn't it? It's very it's it, it's very similar. <laughs> but also, right? That's not it. That's there's more to this, right? So not only is Alex na so he annoyed Chip Ganassi, and they took him to court, and then he stayed there. Then he annoyed McLaren by doing this and leaving. He's also split with his management company called Monaco Increase Management. Who, and again, we quote here, are bitterly disappointed to learn that Alex Plow's decision to break an existing agreement with McLaren, yeah, with McLaren for 2024 and beyond together. Wait, no, that, that, that's, that. basically, right, decision to break their agreement with them and McLaren, both. Uh, together we have built a relationship that we thought went beyond any contractual obligation and culminated in winning the 2021 IndyCar crown and tracing a path to F1 opportunities. Now that's interesting. So look, it, it's very easy to assume that Polo would want an F1 seat, but ultimately he's got it very good in IndyCar, right? He's established now, he's, got, he's gonna be a two-time world champion. He could stay in IndyCar into his 40s. He could do a Scott Dixon if he wanted, right? Well into his 40s, stay in IndyCar, you know, live there, good earning, boom. But the fact that his management company, now ex-management company, have said specifically they were looking at tracing a path to F1 opportunities. Anyway, life goes on and we wish Alex all the best for his future achievements. So there's lots to speculate here. I think this is a lot, there's a lot to speculate. Chat GPT statement, maybe, maybe, maybe. Welcome, Cone. Maybe. Um... Again, he, he's like upset everyone, which is interesting. And again, for, for him to be in such a strong position right now, you know, again, he's, he's doing bits in IndyCar, whatever is going on clearly isn't affecting his performances. He's doing a fantastic job. This is, again, pretty unprecedented, this level of consistent performance. He's always up there every weekend. He's always up there. To then also like destabilize that by leaving your management company, potentially annoying Chip Ganassi. But then also, also, he's not going to get FP1s with McLarens anymore, right? We would have assumed in Austin it would have been him and or Pato O'Ward last year. Pelot did Austin, O'Ward did Mexico, of course, because he's from Mexico. Um, you know, that's something that by leaving McLaren or, or by closing that door to McLaren, Pelot is, is letting that opportunity go to the wayside, which is 
it's an opportunity in FP1 to, to showcase yourself in F1 machinery. He did quite well, I think, in Austin. He did a half-decent job. He didn't he didn't put it into the wall like Giovinazzi did anyway. Um, so for him to take such a... to make this kind of bold move, it has to make me think that there's something... This has to be connected to ambitions to get into an F1C. He's 26 now. He's not been 26 for long. 26 in April, right? If he wants a career in F1, for, for me, it has to be next season or at latest 2025. And obviously, there's potentially a lot of moves going on at the end of next season. So maybe that's the window in. Maybe he does this year with Ganassi. Maybe he does next year with Ganassi as well. He'll have more than enough super license points. He's got super license points coming out of his ear rolls, right? He's covered. But for him to make these moves, you would think, you would think, well, like you say, Andrew, you would think he's got something lined up. But again, like, he wanted to leave Ganassi. It, it, right, so he, let me speculate. This is, I like speculating, right? So when he signed with McLaren in 22, it was Norris Ricardo, right? And I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure that was before they signed Piastri. Now, maybe Pelot saw an opportunity. Right, I'll sign with McLaren. See if see if something can materialise. They, they'll probably keep Ricardo for 2023, which they didn't. Um, maybe there's an opportunity here to get into F1, right? Because Pelot and, and O'Wood, they're both part of this, you know, testing old cars, whatever they call it, stupid name thing. Like, maybe uh, there, there's a window in. Now, obviously, signing Piastri, you've got Piastri Norris... I think O'Ward and Pelot, like, there's not... Unless Lando leaves to Red Bull, which, again, has been heavily kind of rumoured and talked about, and Helmut Marco's fully... Come get us, Lando, we love you, you're so great, which must be quite hard for Checo to read. Um, you know, you would think... You would think that McLaren isn't the way into F1... It would have to be, if Pelot wants to get to F1, it would have to be through a different means. So then, knocking this off, probably doing another season with Chip Ganassi and IndyCar, but then being free, like, place yourself in a good position to get a seat. Now, for me, for me, right, 2024 should not be off the, off the table at all. This might feel like a knee-jerk, I would say if I was if I was going to sign up if I was Gene Haas, who obviously you know heavy connection to U.S. motorsport, Alex Pelot, massive name in the states because of what he's been doing in IndyCar. That would be really interesting. Pelot for Magnussen is something that you you you're not yes he'd be an F1 rookie but he's not a rookie rookie and he the thing is he's proven I think more than De Vries ever did to be honest. Um, in because IndyCar is for me way more competitive than F2 because you've actually got everyone's got tons of experience and more competitive than FE. Maybe I, I think I think it's more of a challenge IndyCar than FE because I just think the physical side of it and the ovals and that you know I, I think there's a lot of experience in both both championships and ultimately De Vries never. Yeah, you know, he won his title, but he didn't walk it like Pelot's done. So you've got Williams, Williams, maybe Sergeant, maybe. If, if Sergeant's not coming good, Pelot 
could be a good set of hands. Alex is proving you'd have two Alexes on the team, which might be a bit complicated. Um, Alex is showcasing what that car can do. If there's not enough from Logan, and the thing is, Logan, Logan doesn't strike me, even if the performances jump up, he doesn't strike me as that character who's really going to, I don't know. He, he doesn't strike me as a big kind of brand character. So, I don't know. I, I, I think that could be a potential one. I think Williams would be silly to not consider Polo um, as a replacement for Sargent. I think I think that would be foolish. But at the same time, obviously, Polo would want to, you know, if, if Williams were going to wait until the end of the year, then Polo needs to get something signed for next season, doesn't he? He doesn't want to be out of a seat by giving by gambling on on a Williams opportunity that may or may not came to come to pass. So this is typically why it's this mid season period that these kind of things are are usually decided. Um, again, Magnussen, Magnussen, that could be. I mean, it's that's not been rumored at all. It's been what like, Williams and AlphaTauri have been rumored. Um, to be interested somewhat, somewhat in Polo, but I feel like actually a swap for Magnussen, given Kevin's struggles this year, and it has been like, I think generally speaking, I've been quite, you know, I think Kevin Magnussen's been a really solid F1 driver, I think this is the weakest season he's had, and I think, you know, Hulkenberg is making it look bad, and Kevin is struggling with the car, I think that would be a really interesting one. I think Polo to, to Haas would be super interesting. To Alpha Tauri, again, you know, if they're going for this boss balls racing and, you know, Ricardo was to to leave and, and jump either jump up to Red Bull or sidestep somewhere else, maybe. Um Sonoda's been very good this year. He wouldn't deserve to lose his seat. So Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just feels like there's maybe something here. Again, this is heavy speculation, but it feels like there could be more to it. To drop McLaren and your management company, it just feels like maybe there's something there. And again, the management company has proven that he wanted a career in F1. You know, He wants to trace a path to F1 opportunities. And this is what I mean. It, it's, it's a path that you need to you know, circumvent a lot of political and, and being right place, right time. You need to position yourself. And Palo is doing all the talking on track. So now he's got to position himself to be open and, and available for an F1 chance if that chance presents itself. We'll see. Like you say, Charmander. <laughs> ah, but there you go. There you go. It, it's, it's, it's bold from him, but we'll see. What, what do you lot think? Do you think... Um, Let's just, again, do a poll. Um, close it always. 85% in the end. I have a poll. Damn. Um, right. So, will Polo be in F1 next season? Do you, th do you think this is indicative of Polo lining up a move for F1, an F1 seat in 2024? I feel like it could be. I feel like it could be. But it's... Ugh, I know. It's tough. It's a, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Most of you are saying no. 80% of you right now are saying no. I, I think I think 2025, definitely. De definitely on the cards for sure. I could endorse that. As the doorbell is ringing as well. Um, let me be right back. I'll give you two, two seconds, everyone.
Right, Minton, you stand here and keep everyone busy. Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> Can't believe some of you are still here. Um, right, well, I mean, this is pretty much time to wrap the stream anyway, so thank you all for coming. Roll intro once again. Um, just people picking up a sofa and they're not being very helpful. Um, don't forget to like the stream, subscribe to the channel. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Minson was defending the property, wasn't he? Bless him. But um, that was fun. We, we, we talked, we laughed, and um, I'll see you for the video next week and pre-race live stream for the Zanvolt Grand Prix, Dutch Grand Prix. Exciting. Thank you all for coming. Appreciate you taking the time. So long, farewell, adios, cheerio, goodbye.